Great, thank you. Um, whilst I've been away, I know uh, you've been continuing your studies in the book of Galatians, and I understand Nathan looked at the, uh, focused around the area of baptism in water uh, two weeks ago, just to say, I, I'm sure he probably did say it there and then, uh, we have a baptism scheduled for Easter Sunday, and uh, we, I think we've got one, maybe two people already in, indicating they are wanting to take that step of baptism. If you haven't yet been baptized as a believer in water, uh, we would want to encourage you to do that and consider that. That seems to be a very clear instruction from Christ. Uh, uh, that we, uh, Actually, as we become believers in Christ Jesus, that we need to be baptized into him. And so we'll be having a baptism on at Easter. If you're considering getting baptized, please have a word with myself. I was going to say Nathan. I think Nathan must be downstairs with the kids' work today. Um, or, or, or Sean's away at the moment. Have a chat with Mark or Andrew, who are hosting the meeting as well. Uh, we'd love to help you prepare for that and think about getting baptized and what that means to you. And then I believe Sean last week um, um, focused around just enjoying and knowing God as Father and the goodness of our Heavenly Father, which is wonderful. We're going to take a step on in the passage now, and we're going to read from uh, Galatians 4, uh, starting in verse 8. If you've got your Bible with you, you may want to open to it. I'm reading from the uh, NIV, the New International Version of the Bible. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you're turning back to these weak and miserable principles? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You're, obsessing special, uh, sorry, you're observing special days and months and seasons and years. I fear for you that somehow I've wasted my efforts on you. I plead with you, brothers, become like me, for I became like you. You've done me no wrong. As you know, it was because of an illness I first preached the gospel to you. Even though my illness was a trial to you, you did not treat me with contempt or scorn. Instead, you welcomed me as if I was an angel of God, as if I were Christ Jesus himself. What's happened to all your joy? I can testify that if you could have done so, you would have torn your eye, out your eyes and given them to me. Have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth? Those people are zealous to win you over, but for no good. What they want is to alienate you from us so that you may be zealous for them. It is fine to be zealous provided the purpose is good and to, and to be so always and not just when I'm with you. My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you, how I wish I could be with you now and change my tone because I'm perplexed about you. What an amazing passage, isn't it? Paul really expressing his heart uh, his passion for these people that he's seen come to Christ. Let's just pray. Father, we want to know you more. Would you reveal yourself to us today in your word? Would you draw us closer to you? Would you help us to lay down those other things which get in the way? Father, come, we ask by your Spirit, come and guide us through your word. Help us to engage with it. Help us to hear your word and to put it into practice. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. 
from man. So I want to start this morning by asking a question. It's going to be a question which for some of you will involve looking back many, many years. For me, it means I've got to look back 37 years, I think, if if I've done my maths right now, to the point where you became a Christian. The point where you said, actually, I I, I get this, I want to live for God. And the question is this, what was your relationship with God to you then? How important was that relationship with God that you started on that time where you first became a believer, first put your faith in Jesus? And has God become greater or lesser to you? in your life since then? Has that relationship with Father God become more important or less important to you since that time? I'm just going to pause for 30 seconds because I want you to actually think through that and just think, how am I doing? What's my relationship with God like now? The reality for some of us could well be it's lesser. That is reality. Please don't be ashamed. Don't feel ashamed. It would be so easy then to feel a sense of shame, wouldn't it? Or disappointment. Don't let shame stop you from connecting with the reality. The reality could be that along the life's journeys and you know, if, if you've been walking with, with, with God for some time, you may have got distracted by other things. Other gods, effectively. You may not want to call them that, but things which become more important. You may have got disappointed along the way, which has caused pain. You may have become less certain in your faith now because of hardship or trouble. Maybe there's greater room for doubt than there was. Or wariness in not going deeper. These could all be where we're at. We may have been influenced by others or the world around us to tone down our faith, to have different priorities, different beliefs, different agenda. The sort of stuff, really, which is going on here with the Galatians. As we know, the whole part of the reason Paul writes this letter to the Galatians is this young church in Galatia who he wasn't with very long uh, once they got saved. He had to move on because of his journey. <laughs> and they've got poisoned by others. Other influences have come in. It's affected how they see their relationship with God. That's what, that's what Paul's addressing here. He's talking to them as, as loved children. People he had the privilege of bringing to a place of faith. And yet recognizing that actually that faith has got compromised or affected by others. Do you know the reality is as we enter any relationship, there can be a a moment of great joy, can't there? A moment of great delight. We just had Valentine's Day this week. And for some people, whether here or elsewhere, maybe that that was a, a special moment for you. You remembered that first Valentine's Day when you, with your, when you first met your spouse, or uh, maybe uh, there'll be a whole load of different emotions which come up. For me, Valentine's Day, I always find slightly challenging because my father died on Valentine's Day a number of years ago, and so it brings back a particular memory for me. And uh, the reality is, 
When we start a relationship, we can be very, very full on about it. But it's easy to become casual in a relationship over time. It just is. I mean, that's one of the reasons why there's so many, more, uh, so many um, divorces in the world today. People will, well, they fall into love and then they fall out of love, whatever that means. We can become casual. We don't protect our relationship. We don't invest in our relationship in each other. We allow other things to crowd in and distract us from the importance of our relationship. And that is the reality for many of us with our relationship with God too. There may be a special point where you can say, yeah, I remember when I came to Jesus. For me, it was the 23rd of January, 1983. I was 18. I was a student. I was a sixth form student. I remember going home and starting a diary for the first time ever in my life. And the first page of the diary, all I did was write down, I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. And I kept on writing it out. But it's the reality that actually I've found peace with Almighty God struck home deep inside my spirit. I've still got that diary. How's your relationship with God today? Has it, has it, has it become casual? How are you doing? How are you and God? I appreciate some, for some of us, we'll find that a very uncomfortable question. But actually, it's an important one. Has he become greater over the years or less to you? Where's it going? Paul's comment here which we just read in verse 8, 9, and 10, he says, well, basically, you're going back to slavery. Let's just remind us of this. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves. That is, you were slaves to sin. To those who by nature are not gods, to things which are not God. <laughs> but now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you're turning back to those weak and miserable principles? What a great phrase. Because that is what they are. Weak and miserable principles. Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? Do you wish to be enslaved to them? To weak and miserable principles. What are the things perhaps we could say today which could very easily wrap us up, who could capture our hearts, which we could come enslaved to? For the Galatians, it was uh, um, uh, the thing Paul follows on in the next verse, talking about is observing special days. It could be as simple, as simple as that. But I think if you were to look at society today, there are some big trends which try to capture us. We live in a society which is trying to ensnare us effectively in what it is, capture us. I think one of the trends which we would see today is finding our worth or our sense of value in the wrong place. As we come into relationship with Father God, we find that actually he gives us identity. He brings us into his family. He says, you're mine. He gives us a new name. Puts his spirit in us to live in us. Wow, that's new. That's fresh. That's powerful. It's relationship with him. And yet, it's so easy, isn't it, in the world we live in today to put our sense of worth or value into our achievements, our performance, our successes, our 
possessions, our friendships, the posts or comments on our Twit Facegram pages. Edward is cringing at this moment in time. <laughs> there we go. That's my son, in case you don't know. Um, you're not being secure in God. means that something else ultimately is controlling our lives. If we don't know that we're in God, if we don't know that we're in Christ, if we don't know that our identity is in him, that he is the most precious thing to us, then friends, can I suggest to you something else has got your heart? A second area, a second area which may try to ensnare us, to bring us into slavery, it's this, religiosity. Now you may go, what? Us lot, religious? Yes, we can be. We can get so absorbed in what we do, in our way of doing things, our works, our efforts ultimately to please God. How much we carry, the load we carry, what we put up with, what we uh, do, our length of our quiet times, what we do in our quiet times. We can, we, can, we can bind ourselves up into a set of rules and regulations and processes which actually aren't about our relationship so much, with, uh, about our relationship with God so much as about us trying to please or look good before God. That's what religiosity does. Religiosity binds us up. It comes from the Latin religio, which means to be bound up. That's why I hate when people say, oh, you're a religious person, are you? No. I say, no, 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 I've, I've got freedom. I'm not bound up. I've got freedom because Christ comes to bring freedom. Are we bound up? Are we bound up in uh, doing those things which we should do all the time? Or... Is it that out of relationship with our Heavenly Father, yes, of course we want to spend time with Him. Yes, of course we want to be in the Word. Yes, of course we want to pray. Yes, of course we want to gather together as church. Absolutely, but what, why? The why is because I know I'm loved by the Father. I'm in relationship with Him. This relationship is important, therefore I want to invest into my relationship with Him. I want to remind you, there's this lovely phrase, verse 9, it says this, but now that you know God, or rather are known by God, that's what we're about. That's what Christ came to do, to make a way for us to be known by the Father, to know the Father. That needs to be our focus. That's our relationship. That's where it starts. I think the third broad area in which we can get so easily caught up is this whole thing of idolatry. Different ones will challenge each of us. Ultimately, what's an idol? It's something which draws our focus away from our Father to whatever it is, to consumerism, to materialism. Well, those are quite easy, aren't they? They're, they're big isms, and you say, oh, I don't have those. What about pornography, sex, social media? Caffeine, children, family, career. Now, some of those things aren't all bad. But they are if they take place over our relationship with God the Father. 
Where do you stand with that? What's the Spirit just stirring in your heart now? I believe you. We believe that the Holy Spirit is on earth today. And he's here to bring conviction and to draw us into relationship with the Father, to remind us of who we are before our Heavenly Father. So what's the Spirit doing now? What's the Spirit stirring in your heart? What's he bringing to mind where you go, ah, maybe I need to lay that down again. Maybe I've allowed myself to get enslaved again. We don't want to return to slavery, friends. Do you want to be enslaved by idols? Do you want to be enslaved by uh, religiosity, by having to perform? Do you want to be enslaved by trying to find your value and your worth, trying to prove your value and your worth outside of God? No, Paul's getting at the Galatians here. He saying, hey, friends, we're freed from religion. We're freed from all these things. Don't get enslaved again to them. What's the Spirit saying to you? Just pause and think for a moment. What's getting caught up in my spirit? What, oh, what am I feeling provoked by? Help me, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us to hear your voice now. Speak to a Spirit of God. Show us where we got enslaved. Give us grace to walk free. Thank you, Lord. Now, for some of us, it may be that you, just in that short moment, you've been able to do business with God and your way of resolving things. For others of us, it may take a bit longer, maybe a bit more to deal with. Please, though, don't lose that. Don't lose that thought. You may need to write it down. I just need to come back to this with, with my father. I need to address these things which got in the way. I just highlight something. A real living relationship with God, though, will result in works of service. It will result in a sacrificial living. It will result in giving time, energy, money to the work of the kingdom. It will result in prayer, in worship, in being in the word, in spending time with the Father, in reaching out and seeing his kingdom come. Please don't hear that I'm saying, oh, therefore we don't need to do any of these things. We don't need to do them correct. But they're good because they're the outworking of relationship. It's which way round it is. It's which way round it is. You know, in a couple of weeks' time, we've got a gift week coming up, haven't we? Stunned silence, have we? The level of excitement just rose in the room. Yeah, we've got a gift week coming up. First to the eighth of March, a gift week. If you're if you're if you're new to this church, don't worry. We're not after your money. But we've got a gift week. What have we got a gift week for? Well, we want to see this building debt-free. We need to refurbish this building. More importantly, we want to see God's kingdom come. It'd be so easy, wouldn't it, to think, oh, well, what have I got to give? Even as I mentioned the gift week, for some of us, you'll be thinking just that, oh, what have I got to give now? 
That will be the response. Friends, you've got to give nothing. But why don't you ask the Father, out of relationship with the Father, what would you have me give? How would you want me to respond, Lord? See, this is the difference. It's the other way around of seeing things. Rather than, I've got to do this, I've got to... That's slavery. No, the gospel of grace says, hey, I'm free. I'm free to give exactly what the Father says to me. You know, I heard an amazing story while I was away. I was talking to uh, a person in our church. Uh, his father-in-law was a church leader uh, in America. And um, uh, they, were, they, they were doing a building project, funnily enough. And uh, I can't remember the exact number, but they were actually purchasing a building. And they needed something like, I'm, I'm making these numbers up, I can't remember, um, uh, £110,000. Let's call it £110,000, put it into pounds. And uh, uh, this church leader was praying to the Father and saying, Lord, what should I give? And he felt the Father say to him, 56p. And he was like, what? No, 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 Father, you don't understand. I've, I've got hundreds saved. I've been, I've been preparing this for ages and ages and ages. What should I give? 56p. He thought, no, I... So there's something wrong here. I can't be right. It can't be right. Surely not. Father God said to him, do you trust me? 56p. I don't need your money. I want your heart and I want your obedience. Now, I can't quite remember the exact story, but basically the offering was taken up and he hadn't had a chance to put his offering, his, his gift into the offering at that point in time. And uh, uh, they'd also had a completion statement through for this building they were purchasing, so they knew exactly how much they needed. And when the offering was counted up, guess what they were short of? 56p. See, we've got a Father in heaven who knows exactly what's needed when. All he calls us to is obedience. It's that simple. Isn't that good? Isn't that freeing? We don't have to perform. We don't have to jump through hoops. We don't have to beat ourselves up. We just go for obedience. That's powerful. So powerful. So freeing. Paul goes on, though, to say this. I plead with you, brothers, become like me, for I became like you. Now, obviously, what he meant by before I became like you is he wanted to get alongside them to bring the gospel to them, so he, he got involved. But Paul elsewhere in the Scriptures also encourages people to imitate him as he imitates Christ. And that's a powerful phrase, isn't it? Imitate me as I imitate Christ. You may want to look at 1 Corinthians 4, 16, or 2, Corinthians, uh, 2 Thessalonians 3, 9, Hebrews 6, 12. Those are all passages where there is an encouragement for us to imitate Christ ultimately. I want to give us four simple steps. Four simple steps if we are going to live in a relationship with the Father. Four really simple steps where we hopefully can imitate Christ. The first one's this. Just as Jesus did and is reported as doing in John 5.19, let's ask the Father, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? What are you doing here? What do you want me to do? 
whether it's 56p in an offering, whether it's serving in the kids' work, or uh, whether it's uh, expressing love to somebody in the workplace in a, perhaps a, a different way, whether it's sharing something of your faith or demonstrating something of your faith at the school gates or in college or university or whatever else it may well be, what a powerful thing to do. Just say, Father, what are you doing? What would you have me do? Great thing to do, to imitate Christ in that way, to do what you see the Father doing. That's the first thing. That's how we stay out of slavery. We do what we see the Father doing. How do we do that, you may say? Well, we certainly need the Holy Spirit, secondly, to come and empower us and lead us and guide us and direct us, just as the Holy Spirit came and did that with Jesus. So we need to be a people of the Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit's empowerment and guidance. So first thing, what's the Father doing? Second thing, Holy Spirit, lead me and guide me in this. Help me hear the Father's heart. Third thing's this. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. What's that mean? Seek first to bring the kingdom of God wherever you are, whatever you're doing. It's about him. Simple, isn't it, really? See the kingdom of God come and advance throughout the whole of our lives, not just a small little bit, not just on a Sunday morning packaged nicely between 10.30 and 12, songs the preacher doesn't go on. But to see what the Father's doing and to try and do what the Father's calling us to do, to do it in the power of his Holy Spirit, to see God's kingdom come. He said, pray that prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done. How does that happen? Well, it needs to happen in the everyday, in the normal. Uh, two Saturdays, uh, no, two, some, two weeks ago today, I was uh, experiencing something I'd never experienced before. It was called a Super Bowl party. Nathan and Jules, I'm sure, understand what this is like, and perhaps a few others uh, in the room who have experienced them. Super Bowl is massive in America. You've got to understand, it is just phenomenal. Some churches don't even meet on the Sunday where Super Bowl Sunday's happening um, because uh, the whole weekend is built around Super Bowl. It's a cultural phenomenon which I don't think we have a comparison for in the UK. If you think FA Cup final on absolute steroids affecting virtually every person in the, in the country, you may start to get a small, small, small glimpse of what Super Bowl Sunday is like in America. And um, we were at a person's house, and there was probably, I don't know, 40, 40 people there, 50 people there, and they put a bouncy castle in the back garden. And uh, so the kids could be entertained while the grown-ups watched the Super Bowl. In fact, to be brutally honest, very few people seemed to be actually be watching the Super Bowl. They were just all having a jolly good chat and uh, getting on with it. Uh, the host, though, was uh, supporting one of the teams. I won't say which one. So he was uh, particularly focused. And um, the adults also had a bit of a play on the uh, bouncy castle, as always is the case. And uh, uh, somebody I know there called Jan, she hurt her back just on the bouncy castle, and she was sore. And do you know what? It's so easy, isn't it? Just to, when that happens, just go, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And that's what we did. We said, oh, Jan, bless you. That's so, oh, what a shame. I'm sure it will heal up in a few days. And then, 
We just said, well, but why don't we just pray for you? A couple of days later, just as we were uh, arriving in Fort Worth, got a text from Graham who leads the church in Austin. He said, I've just had this message from Jan. She said, she went to bed that evening still in pain. And as she lay down, she remembered some words somebody had prayed about her back coming back into line. And she did something, and there was a click, and all pain went, and she was healed. Isn't that good? In the midst of everyday life, the kingdom of God advances. How's the kingdom of God advanced? Through each and every one of us. As we see what the Father's doing, empowered by the Spirit, and we understand we've got a commission to see the kingdom of God advance, and we take steps to do so. Isn't that good? I'm not saying it to glorify those who got involved in praying for or anything else. I'm saying it because it's real life. And actually, we can all do that if we just let the Spirit of God stir our hearts and motivate us. This is how we break out of slavery, friends. This is how we don't get stuck in those ruts. This is how we keep our relationship fresh. And the final thing is this, don't compromise. The world communicates compromise at every level, at every occasion, in every possible way. And we're in a spiritual battle. Satan wants to make us ineffective. He wants to isolate us from God. He wants to alienate us. He wants us to live in that world of semi-slavery, where we're so enslaved that actually we're not really pursuing the Father, but we're probably still in that place of relationship sufficiently that we think, well, it's okay. Let's understand we're in a battle. Let's not get drawn in and get conned, conned out of our inheritance, conned out of all that we are called to be, or conned out of the greatness of uh, depth of the relationship with uh, Father God. Let's watch out for him. Let's watch out for his lies and his tricks. Let's be aware of them. Let's put them aside, part them. Let's stay walking with him. Let's keep in that place of relationship. Let's keep in that place of enjoying our Father God. Let's keep in that place of uh, uh, asking him that question, out of relationship, what's on your heart? What can I be involved with, please, today? What's your spirit in drawing me, encouraging me, and helping me to do? Where do you you want your kingdom to come today, Father God? How can I be involved, please? And keep me from temptation. Deliver me from temptation. It's a biblical prayer. Deliver me from temptation. I don't want to get drawn into that. I don't want to get slaved again. I want to live truly free. In John 8, it talks about, uh, Jesus is talking. He says, if the Son sets you free, then you will be free indeed. That's truth. That is truth we can all live. Our Father has called us out of slavery into real living relationship with him. Are we going to do that? Are we going to enjoy a grace relationship with him? Or are we going to be, <laughs> no, I'll compromise. I'll, I'll, I, uh, slavery looks attractive. Which one's it going to be? It's a simple decision. It's a simple choice. But it has profound consequences. I'd like, a, I'd like to pray for us, if that's okay. 
And as I pray, if you want to join me in this prayer, uh, I'll leave pauses and then you can just pray it yourself. What I'm going to do is pray, first of all, Father, would you reveal where we've become slaves again? Having prayed that, uh, I'm going to ask, his, ask him to help us to see that and to set us free from slavery, to protect us from that temptation back into slavery and to ask him to help us to walk with him and for us to value our relationship with him more highly than others. And within that, there may be a, a need for some of us to repent. That's turning away from things and saying, God, I, I realize I've got conned. I don't want to do that. I want, to, I, want to, I want to pursue my relationship with you. And you can do that. That's, that's your choice, that you can do that just as we're praying now. So let's pray together. Father, we want to thank you that you call us into relationship with you. And we want our relationship with you to grow and to deepen. So Father, we ask even now, would you reveal to us where we've allowed ourselves to get enslaved again? Would you show us it, Lord? And would you give us strength and courage to resolve this now with you? Deliver us from temptation. Keep us from the evil one, we ask. Help us to, out of relationship with you, be people who are sold out for you. Who ask that question, Father, what are you doing? And then listen. You welcome your spirit into our lives to lead us and guide us in all that you're about. That we would see your kingdom come and your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven for the glory and honor of your name. We commit and surrender ourselves to you. We love you, Lord. Take us on a great journey with you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, we can trust you. Thank you, you're good. Thank you, you're faithful. We trust in you. Amen. Man, we're um, uh, just a few minutes before 12 o'clock where we try to aim to finish. I think this morning I'd just like us to finish at that point. Uh, I don't think we'll have a final song, thank you, band. And uh, if there's anything you want to follow up on, if as a result of this morning, maybe some of those words, um, uh, time to let the Father know of your love, it's time to respond back to the Father which Fabienne had, or, or Aaron's word, or or Jason's or others, uh, just, and you want somebody to pray with you, can I encourage you, please, just work your way to the, for, uh, to the front here, and uh, there'll be folk available to pray with you, or grab somebody you trust.
and ask them to pray with you. Okay, otherwise, though, we're going to finish at this point. Refreshments will be served out in the cafe. Um, please, if you've got children in the work, head downstairs and collect your children from the work before you go and get a drink. That would be wonderful. Thank you so much.